two redheads and one that went to the tricky triangle talking about racing. Did you find the fourth turn? No, I spent all weekend looking for turn four, but um, no one could direct me in the right location. It kind of stung. Did you ask the right people? Oh, yeah, yeah, I asked around, but no one could really direct me to turn four. It's kind of stinks, but technically shouldn't Pocono have six turns? I don't understand what that means. Well, it's like ovals shouldn't have four. They should have two. Ovals shouldn't have any because they're a circular. All right. You know what? Let's just move on. Let's stop doing geometry. I was bad Jason, at that in high school. Jason, you stop with that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you started it. You said tricky that was triangle. Saying your name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm Jason Schultz here with Andrew Curland after Pocono. That's the official go. portion of the podcast. Now resume <laughs> our antics. We don't have to record it after the show and pretend like we said it midway yeah. through this time. This is us saying our names live right in the beginning. Do you need finally. me to recap how I watched Bristol the first three years of my college living experience? No, no, no. I got it. I, I understood that. We don't have to re-record that okay, part. Good, good. Um, yeah, I think how I was, thought Poc- How was your weekend? What'd you do there? Yeah, it was good. Um, Pocono was fun. My favorite part, honestly, wasn't even any interview or anything, but it was running the around the garage. The drive to the racetrack. Yeah. All right. Pocono, it is in the middle of nowhere. Um, Seeing bears? No, no did not but the crowd there was awesome like it was actually i will admit walking around pre-race it was more crowded more packed than chicagoland or daytona that i saw i think people just were packed everywhere i think it's crowd distribution but they did a good job doing one race i think gives people the forces people to attend one weekend a year i think that'll help pocono a lot and the doubleheader, which will attract some fans yeah. and um, all that. But, yeah, it was good. And, and Pocono does a great job getting kids to the track. I saw so many young fans with their parents walking around, uh, having a good time. Uh, it was awesome to see. Pocono it, always does a good job with their kids' program. But That's the yeah. last race you'll be considered a kid at the racetrack. Yeah, I know. So I was considered a kid one more time. Yeah. yeah. Explain why, because not everyone will understand why. Um, so in NASCAR this year, <laughs> I had to get a minor credential hard card, uh, because I starting the season up until this point, I'm 17. So really nothing changes except for the fact that technically I'm still not allowed to be on pit road by myself or I think <laughs> during the race at all. Has it ever stopped S- you? Once, once at oh, Chicagoland. Really? I was stopped, and then I... Uh, I can say this now, right? Because it's like, what are you going to do at this point? What are they going to do to you? <laughs> that guy that um, kicked you off pit road on the weekend anyway is going to come <laughs> after you. He's listening. He's the CIA. But they stopped me, and then I just went to another entrance. Not that you're supposed to do that, people, but that's that's kind of what I did. No, so, if, if you're ever at the racetrack, you make your own rules. Yeah, to the, to the best of your ability, you can try and lead your own destiny. But then I'll, I'll be 18 on race day... Um, at the Glen next weekend Sunday that's how I look at it it's like when's your birthday 
Glen Race Day. Like that's yeah. what I've been telling people. They're like, what's the Glen? Not, not August fourth. It's Race Day at the Glen. Like I, that's that's how that's where my mind goes with that. But yeah, I'll be eighteen in Michigan, so I get upgraded to a media hard card, which is something I'm excited about. So yeah, I get to do that. And of all the days of the week for your birthday to be on, pretty lucky it falls on a Sunday and there's a NASCAR race. I know. I just wish I was there. It's it's a dream of mine to be at the track on my birthday. Watkins Glen's a good track. I started going there in 2009. We'd like camp for like five or six years when I was growing up. And the camping at Watkins Glen is wild. Like yeah. thinking back now, there was people that camped across from us that literally left their couch in the fire overnight because they were too drunk to like know that their <laughs> couch was too close to the fire. Also saw beer pong for the first time. Um, my dad would walk, like we'd walk around the campground, see what people are doing. We'd go up to like all these bars with all these like drunk people walking around. It was just like I was like ten and eleven, just like <laughs> taking this all in. And then on the podcast, TJ said this week, like if you go out behind, it was like behind the S or around the backstretch. It's like that's where it gets wild. I was like, yep, yeah, I, I camped there when I was like ten. <laughs> Experienced it all. You experienced the wild days when you're ten years old. Yep. There you go. Um, what was I going to say? No. The other thing is, like, you're just a 10-year-old, so you're like, why are these people being so loud and making all this noise? Now, as 21-year-old Jason, I understand. You understand. I would join in if I was going to Watkins Glen. Oh, boy. That's what I worry about. But... What do you worry you, about? I don't know. We just <laughs> talk about it too much. You would appreciate this. So, my dad has a um, GoPro stabilizer. I sent you some of the oh, videos. Yeah. But that that I think that was my favorite part, and we're gonna try and recreate trying to do the same thing at Michigan. But he has a stabilizer that makes the video super super smooth. So during final practice, I would go and I'd literally get in a track stance and I would sprint from one end to as far as I could in the other garage, following the car. And I kind of got the sense that, like, the drivers are looking at me like, what the hell is this kid doing? You know, because I'm pretty close to them, at least, like, to where they could probably see someone sprinting alongside their car in the garage. I don't know if that's exactly what they always are accustomed to, but... Let's reference a Bubba Wallace quote here real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you got to do some weird stuff to get some good content. (laughs) All right. That was literally the highlight of my Chicagoland week, and hear him say that. (laughs) Like, I'm all about the content, and he understands what you need to do to get good content. All right, you should keep that clip and just, that's our drop-in now. Yeah, no, like, that's the only one Whenever there's something, it. like, the weird that we do, yeah. content-wise, just drop that clip in, and we'll be set. <laughs> yeah. I do want to get a stabilizer like that, too, for my camera. They have, like, Ronins from DJI, or DJI, mm-hmm. whatever that company yeah, is that called. Yeah, that was it. And, like, I want one for my camera. It's, like, $300. I'm not made of money as a college student, but I'm hoping to eventually pick that up. It was fun. I'll tell you that. And I'm excited about seeing the video turn out. So, Ross Chastain won the truck race. I have to say, great performance. (laughs) I tell Andrew, and I think the listeners will appreciate this, too, (laughs) that you listen to, like, these news podcasts that people do or just I don't know, videos on Twitter, and they're so boring. Like, yep, Ross Chastain had a great performance, led 65 laps, was up front for most of the race, won the stages, um, finished third in practice, and finished fourth in right, qualified you know fourth. I'm getting bored. You don't have to recreate it anymore. <laughs> but it's just like, that's so stupid, and this is, could be another Bubba Wallace insert quote. Like, that's so generic analysis. Anal, anal, analysis? I can't even talk. Nice. About the race or whatever. So we're... 
I know you would prefer to listen to just some off the cuff. We're at a bar talking about NASCAR versus such boring stuff. So yes, we could say Ross had a great performance, but did you see his celebration? Man, that was so awesome. And I kind of had a front row seat for it. It was pretty cool. Victory lane is nice and set up. So where you could see the whole front stretch and I don't know how well TV captured it, but Ross Chastain had the crowd at his fingertips. Whatever he did, they reacted to. It was one of the coolest things to watch. It really was. All right. So this used to happen all the time. Tony Stewart's thing I know. was Where to go climb now? the fence and go, oh. go in the stands. Why don't people do that? It was one of my favorite memories. The 2005 July Daytona race. Tony Stewart climbed the fence. He was not in the greatest shape either. This was like a miracle. He made it to the top. But got in the flag stand and went up and was like, yeah. Like, why don't guys do that anymore? Like, no one I cares know. about winning. Ross is the shows how you celebrate a race win no one else does that anymore and and you know what i loved and this and i kind of blurted it out as you were talking about tony but carl edwards used to go in the stands and i loved it when they opened it up and he and when you realize oh he's not just going for the checkered flag he's going up in there and man that was just so cool And, and my favorite part about it was after he did the inflatable tube or ball or whatever like tossing it back and forth to the fans he came back and you could actually see he was still know what to do i think he was being interviewed or was just standing around at the truck getting high fives and his pr girl alongside the wall i don't think tv captured this she was doing some kind of motion putting both of her hands behind her head and throwing them forward and she was trying to tell tell ross we have a watermelon for you to smash (laughs) so we finally got the message ran over and he held the watermelon over his head, and the crowd's all like, yeah. ooh. And then as soon as he slammed it down, the whole grandstand just erupted in cheers and clapping. It was so cool. Ross Chastain had those fans yeah. under his control. It's the coolest thing. If you're a young driver, why don't you come up with a signature celebration? Like, Christopher Bell's won, like, five extreme races, Cole Custer. A, they have no personality whatsoever. Why not just do something fun and just do something personality wise and just like create this ultimate celebration. You're winning all these races anyway. Why not do something awesome that fans love you for? Noah Gregson, Noah Gregson climbs the fence and then throws up. That's his no, thing. No, I was just going to say that. I was like, well, first he throws up and then yeah. he goes. It's one or the other. No, you're right. We need more cool. And then even in victory Signature lane. Signature celebrations. Yeah. So I'll compare Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain from my point of view in victory lane. When Hamlin got out of the car, it was a smile, a thumbs up and a fist bump at the photographers but ross you could actually hear his voice yeah he's got that like signature scream and like you could just hear his emotion and during all of his post-race interviews we got in a line and man he just never shut off and even when i chatted with him it was awesome too you think the guys that have been so cushioned and lived these glorious lives of winning races all the time. Like Christopher Bell, he's won races like his whole life pretty much. But Ross Chastain, he's worked so hard over the last six or seven years of his career in the top three series to get to this point where he's winning races and it just means so much more to him. Like Christopher Bell, he's always known winning. That's all he's known. So why, like, why, like, why make a big he's deal? Taking of it, it for granted, Ross. Yeah. Man, he's it's it, that's the humble roots in him coming forward. So if we have like one driver that. He shows like how you celebrate a win. Why? Like I wish every driver would do that. I'm telling you, he's gonna gain some fans. He has already to. has. 
Yeah, you know, the Melon Man brand, which he started up. I mean, I'm even considering buying, like, some (laughs) T-shirts, you know, support the sport. And, like, it's a cool logo, like, watermelon, unique. But, yeah, we need more fan groups. I know we talked about that a couple months ago. Your birthday's August 3rd, right? 4th. Oh, maybe. Restate the Glen. Come on, get that right. Okay, National Watermelon <laughs> Day. I went to Publix this evening to get me some chicken for dinner. National Watermelon okay. Day is, I think, it's the third Saturday. Oh, if you're near Publix, I think they're giving out free samples. Okay, they should sponsor us. All right, Ross, winning's <laughs> awesome. What else we got? Um, and then one last thing, which I think is awesome, is that uh, Ross is energizing this group of fans that support him. And the giant watermelons, which I thought was a great idea, these inflatable things. I think they sell them at um, what's that, Academy Sports, which is like a sports store down here. And they're like five bucks yeah, is what exactly. I saw too. So like, wh- like, I think we've talked about fan groups at races before. If there's like an online organization of like 500 Ross Chastain fans, which there probably is, create a Facebook group, organize to go to like a race like Bristol together, buy 50 or 100 of these big watermelons, and like people will know you're town. yeah and like have Ooh, a blast I'm race. thinking about that that's such why doesn't every driver in their fan group like yeah. organize something even if it's like and i'll i'll just say this because i'm an eric church fan and you go on that website and every single week people who are going to the concert yeah. whether it's in spokane washington or whatever everyone's kind of got like all right choir because it's like called the choir like what are we going to do this week it's always something specific why don't drivers yeah. literally put on like their fan page website every single race this season this is what the fan group should yeah. do it's like a theme race oh man it would make first of all you need fan like you need to create fan groups i don't know why that's not a thing like when i was first a fan of nascar in 2005 i was a ryan newman fan so i joined his fan club and they had like they would give you special discounts on merchandise and stuff and you would like they'd have a couple meetups or whatever at different races every year but like why not why is that not a thing anymore are just teams and drivers brand people just so lazy that we're not creating fan groups anymore and trying to like a fan club should be online and a Facebook group, Twitter group, Instagram, whatever. And that's how people should organize and get them together and get them to go to races and support. Like, I hope I just, like, if, I bet if we told Ross, like, what if you organized like a Facebook group of all your fans and got them to bring a bunch of those giant watermelon inflatables to Bristol and like throw them around the stands and like just have 500 people cheering for you at this awesome racetrack. Like he'd be like, yeah, that's an awesome idea. And he would do it. But it's just like, you need the people in charge to think of these ideas, not us, but we're going to take over eventually, right? Yeah. Get ready. It's going to be a um, Redhead, Redhead Racing, Racing Radio, Radio takeover. takeover. I, it, for a minute, I forgot what the name of this show was. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to fire you. <laughs> find I was another about Redhead. to say Next Gen Connection, but I'm like, that's not the name of the show anymore. Um, real quick before we move on to another point, but um, I talked to Daniel Suarez this weekend about Daniel's Amigos, and that was something that... It wasn't his idea, but once they pitched it to him, he thought it was really cool. And apparently, and I don't completely remember from the conversation, I'm going to have to reference back to it, but he worked with NASCAR to organize it. It was at two specific races, Fontana, Chicago, and he got so many people wanting to join, literally like people wanting, how can I join this fan group? So it looks like he's going to bring it back for a couple more races, if not several more before the season's yeah. over. So another great thing. Daniels Amigos, that's going to be yeah. like the new revolutionary change right there. And you wonder why, like, I don't know why it took so long for someone to think of this idea. I saw some Daniels Amigos people with the shirts on at Pocono. Someone tweeted a picture or whatever. So that was cool. Yeah, it was. 
let's move on because I mean we're just talking about the truck series right now. We haven't even gotten to the main Ross show. Ross Chastain is the most mem- uh, mesmerizing personality in NASCAR right now, so he deserves our attention. He does. Another good personality that kind of got brought to the light after he won at Chicagoland. Man, I am just loving Alex Bowman more and more each day. Hmm. His Twitter account this weekend was just so funny. He's one of the best on Twitter, just being himself and his personality-wise. Like, he's not the most outgoing person, like, in person, but, like, he's really funny, and that's what... We share that humor with him. Yeah, he was talking about how, like, Ross Chastain's dog, like, sharded on him (laughs) or something weird like that. And, of course, the whole, like, close friends thing. So, Kelsey Tucker, who's Alex Bowman's PR girl... I asked her about it on Sunday because, of course, whatever Alex posts on Twitter, she knows about it. And sometimes, I mean, she never really tells him to delete anything, but she knows about it. And that's Alex. And she was on the close friends list. I'm like, what does he post? And she opens it up. And I'm pretty sure she clicked through about 15 (laughs) or more memes. And I'm seeing like SpongeBob flash on the screen. It's just a bunch of different stuff. So, I mean, that is the Alex moment right there. And it came to life because he or Kyle Larson or someone posted a screenshot of a text message with Bowman saying Larson asking him like please take me off this group I don't want to see your stupid (laughs) memes anymore I really like I want to be added on it I know I'm not like friends with Alex Bowman but like I I want to see what he posts (laughs) should I add you to my close friends Instagram story no good do you have one yeah I didn't know that I don't have one just kidding I don't have one I want to add you if I did have one anyway Next time, you know what? Next time I see Bowman, I'm going to have to ask him. Can I be on it? If he could add me. <laughs> he, I, don't, I don't think he will, but you know what? It's at least worth putting it out there because I really want to see what kind of memes he has. He'll be like, what's your name again? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Andrew is a huge proponent. For, let's go to the cup race, first of all. Andrew yeah. is a huge proponent of fuel mileage races and finishes, and I think you've always enjoyed those. And for the first time ever, or at least NBC portrayed this, that a major fuel mileage race was shaping up at the finish with like nine mm-hmm. different guys trying to save enough fuel to the finish. And I was hyped because it's like all nine of these guys more than likely don't have enough gas. And Rick Allen and Steve Latar were explaining how um, with this stupid package that they race at Pocono that they're not lifting really that much, that it's really hard to save fuel when you're not lifting at all. And I was like, oh, God, like there's these guys are trying to stretch on a field, but they're probably none of them are going to make it. And it's going to be so awesome seeing everyone run out in the last couple laps. And what a crazy finish that will come out. And then some random lap car that's probably last place stops on the track and ruins all that. So I was really mad mm. about that. But that was disappointing. Yeah. Ah, as much as I love NASCAR overtime, that was the one time and I text in our group chat gosh can this thing just go green because yeah. i was hoping and praying for a few miles race would have been awesome and hamlin even said he was close towards the end and i overheard a conversation when we were waiting in line for victory lane how it works is there's um, a communications person from nascar who's organizing all the media in victory lane we all get in a big line and then one by one it's the locals and social media then fox or nbc claire b lang myself (laughs) um chris gabehart and denny hamlin had quick second to talk to each other after the race in victory lane and chris gabehart basically we were all wondering like 
how truthful were you really in terms of how much fuel you had left? And he's like, I was a good salesman. Sometimes you got to be a good salesman as a crew chief. So it didn't even sound like he knew how much fuel Denny had left. But, no. ooh, we missed out on a good few miles awesome. race. That's disappointing. And Pocono, too, I was telling my friend Tyler when we were watching this race, like, of course, it was an overtime restart, but it's really hard for guys to, A, race side-by-side side there at all. So it's like you weren't really going to see a side-by-side side knocking each other over finish like we've seen at some mile and a half and ovals for most of the year. But we were so close to a really awesome epic finish with fuel mileage and stuff, and that would have been cool, but I don't know. Disappointing. Oh, man. All right, we'll have to get another one, but could have had a, another epic moment still it was like nbc that was not a bad race it was like those a lot no. happens and i would even say and, and the drivers in hamlin would agree that the pj1 actually helped no he did hamlin said if there was no pj1 he would not have been able to get around i think it was his teammates at the time i don't think he believed he would have been able to win the race yeah. if it wasn't for the pj1 so i, I mean it made a difference i just hope Pete nascar doesn't think pj1's this ultimate answer to everything like oh we don't have to change the cards or the package let's just put pj1 down every track and i feel like that's, that's what they're point. going for but you know what it helped i but, love multi-groove racing or at least drivers being able to search around and have options and it at least gave drivers some options but we watched kyle larson tear through the field using the pj1 and kind of being the first one yeah. to venture up there and it helped his lap times improve because of it so based on nascar's history yeah based on nascar's history they see a solution to something and if it's the cheapest easiest one we'll just go with that and not try to make a meaningful change that'll last for the decade we need this quick instant change that may or may not improve racing well sometimes it's not about the package it's about the track and you're doing what you can to help the track 20 years ago, the tracks were the same shape, same layout and everything. And now the racing was great then. Now uh, it's all about age, though. I mean, you talk about a Kentucky repave, like a brand new track. Yeah, the racing's going to suck, but they added PJ1. And of course, the package helped this year. But but it's like when the, it was new pavement before 20 years ago, they didn't add PJ1 to make the racing good. It was already good because the package and the cars were good. It's just a very new phenomenon that they realize, oh, God, repaving the tracks makes them suck. So we have to do something to fix it. You know, I don't care. I like the PJ1 because it adds a groove and it's kind of a guessing game of how long it's going to last, when it's going to fade and all that. I'm a fan of that. I I'd am. rather have the cars themselves be the determining factor and not the track surface. But that you can have the best art, package the in the world. The artificial tracks are like the normal track surface taking rubber, wearing out, whatever. But the artificial manipulating the track surface, I don't like that. I wish it would just be able to naturally be able to play out like it did 20 years ago and the racing was great. I don't know. I feel like you could have the best package in the world, but if the track conditions aren't ideal or if it's a new surface or whatever, adding PJ1 can help. But there's got to be so many other solutions. And we don't need to talk about PB&J anymore. That's that's conversation for another week. I'm not a big fan of PB&J. Really? I like it. When I was a kid, I never really had that ever <laughs> that's crazy you know i plan on having a lot of pb and j in college i don't know if that's something i'm sure a lot of the college kids right. do that at but. the point when you get to college everyone's broke so everyone's going for the cheapest food possible like this summer i've had to, yeah that's pb and j i've had to buy my own food <laughs> so every time i go to the grocery store i'm calculating like what's the lowest amount of money i can spend on a meal so like today I spent. I bought a chicken from Publix and it's Prime gonna last Red. me two meals yeah exactly i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna spend four dollars on lunch or dinner tonight lunch tomorrow and dinner tomorrow night like twelve dollars total and that's what 
my big accomplishment of the day is. The what thing, do you eat? What is that? It's just uh, like rotisserie chicken and then vegetable, like a frozen vegetables warm up. And it's that's like that's good. which is good. But the other thing is, like you eat cheap, it's you can get junk food for cheap, which is easy. But the yeah, you trick gotta be is worried. you got to be careful about getting fat. Like McDonald's is the easy choice, but you can't go there. Yeah. That's you know like what I mean? the healthy eating and the cheap is extremely difficult to do in college. But yeah. this summer, I've pretty much been doing salmon and chicken with veggies, and it's been easy and as cheap as I can get it. I'm just going to starve myself. Help my metabolism out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the freshman negative 15. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Um, we'll have freshman Andrew's freshman fifteen updates this fall. <laughs> I'll weigh in before each podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew, go ahead. Step on the scale. It's like driver before and after a race. Yeah. I, you know, I do before and after a podcast. Yeah. I lost fifteen pounds due to sweat because <laughs> of the podcast. Because you were so stressed about what I was telling you, you're just gonna handle it. Yeah. Uh, How about arts? You just weigh in before the first podcast when you're in college, and then we'll give you like two oh, months, geez. and then we'll see what happens. You know, I got no shame. Maybe I'll actually do that. Who cares? <laughs> I, I got no shame how much I weigh. I, yeah. Anyways, let's go to the word sneak because we've forgotten about yeah, that. Let's finish how? Because I'm not going to work in. I I was so close to pillowcase, like it would have worked, but then the other ended ones? up. Um, moist. I kept thinking about moist, moist pillowcase and bamboo were my like top three. I don't even remember. I remember there was you one were, that you got really excited about, but what was the you other one? Remember them? Manure. Oh, manure. That's right. Yeah, manure. Th- no chance. <laughs> I would say that. Did you and, tell and your, the other one? Did you tell your dad all five words? He didn't know. He didn't know any of the words. Okay. But do you want to hear how I did? Bamboo was the word I ended up. Let's going hear with. it. And this is Eric Amarola, by the way. No, you're Andrew Curland. Would you rather have a pet panda or a pet snake? A pet panda? I don't Ooh. do snakes at all. Yeah. No like, snakes for no, you? No snakes. Like the Indiana only, Jones. The only snake, the <laughs> only good snake to me is a dead snake. Okay. And you're going to need a lot of bamboo for the panda too. Yeah, that's fine. We'll find bamboo. You'll find some. Good. <laughs> oh, I thought, no, I was. I knew you'd hate it. I literally, I was thinking at first that he would, he would bring a panda and then he would say something about bamboo just because it's like, you think of pandas, you think of bamboo. Hey, but I got him to say bamboo. That's the thing. That's the fun part. Why do you even need a lot of bamboo for a panda? Is that like... That's what they eat. Really? Yeah. I was thinking that, but I don't know. You know, I actually had to... I Googled it. I'm like, I got to make sure I know what I'm talking about. These people (laughs) in the media center, they're like, why is this kid Googling pandas and bamboo? Oh, no. I... If you think that's weird, like what I Google in the media center, I have to do would you rathers and all that. So... I'm looking up all these weird facts yeah. about whatever. I've, I've got weird websites. Yeah. Not like bad, but yeah. they're just strange. Not something you expect in a NASCAR media center. Speaking of weird, Bubba Wallace. Hey, you got to do some weird stuff to get some good content. <laughs> all right. I'm, I love you go. this. Bingo. I love this. <laughs> this is the best thing. We got to do this. Like, we have to comb through all your interviews and find little lines. That, the best drop-ins? Yeah. Oh, I'm so in. Yeah, so let's do that. That'll be your, pro- your project for the rest of the summer. Find the best drop-ins from different Find interviews. the best drops? Okay. Just, like, random weird lines that make would be funny to just throw. Like, like weird in, lines on its own. Yeah, <gasps> even if it's... Ooh, I, write it down. We're doing this. Hold on, wait. Let me find one right now. Well... I've been getting yoked. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, Gregson, I've been getting yoked. You should kind of just start with Noah's interviews and then work your way down to more interesting drivers. Well, here's or- the beauty about this, like, word sneak game is out of context, they're saying all these words. It's, like, weird. Like, yeah. I had him say yoke. He says, like, chocolate mousse vanilla, like, cake or whatever. Like, hmm. weird stuff like yeah. that. So I'll comb through everything and I'll find no, something. this will be good. Ones. Stay tuned. This is going to get good. Yeah. Uh, where can we find you on social media? Follow Jason me Schultz. at Hey Jason Schultz. If you went back uh, Sunday night, I tweeted the um, standings from our fantasy league. Um, I didn't win. I finished third, no just a point behind the leaders. But I beat Andrew. I lost like 50 points to you. Yeah, I know. You're way behind uh, the standings now. Even in our other league that you don't like to talk about. Did I'm I like, pass? Am I in third? No, I'm like 50 points above Mitchell now. You know how awesome that is? Yeah. Whenever I'm at the track, it always seems like I pay much less attention to fantasy, so it always suffers. So that's going to be my excuse. And he's using excuses. So get ready for Michigan. It's not going to be good, okay? God, you can't. You're so sh- going through life using these excuses. It's just not going to get right. you far. All right. Follow me at, if you want to follow me on Instagram too, it's at HeyJasonSchultz as well. It's super easy. That's so Andrew, easy. It's where all the can same they follow username. you? All right, folks, get ready to be confused here. Someone tweeted me out actually yeah, today, or, or not today, this yeah, this one. week. Oh, I'm going to have to, I'm blanking out on your name. I'm sorry. You know who you are, but I'm not changing my username despite what you want, Jason. But on Instagram, it's at Andrew Curland. And then if you're going to get, get ready to be confused here, people, because on Twitter, it's at Andrew Curland TV. So get ready for that. Um, got some good content this week. Posting the blindfold Alex Bowman video this week where he freaks out about the blueberries. So that's, uh, that's one of my favorites. So get ready for that. Sweet. Going to Watkins Glen this weekend. It's Andrew's birthday, so tweet him happy birthday on Sunday. I'm not going to Watkins Glen. I said NASCARs in general. I'm going yeah, to Atlanta. I'm not either. I'm going to an MLB game, an MLS game, and an NFL training camp in one weekend. It's going to be epic. That's it? Wow. That's pretty good. Sorry, I'm cheating on NASCAR. Ooh. All right. Watkins Glen should be fun. I always love that race. It's been the, one of the best races for years. They have a huge crowd. and like this is the Mike one Bagley, man, he carries that. He carries the broadcast, so it should be a good show. Until he yells so loud that you think a car flipped outside of turn one. And you know what I loved? And I'll keep this quick. I loved how he... Because MRN, whenever there's trouble, they hit the button and they interrupt whoever's yeah. talking. Normally, what NBC does, if there's trouble on the track, it was Kelly Stavis who was reporting. They go to commercial, and then they come back and discuss it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was Kelly Stavis who was reporting, and normally, it's like the pit reporter is like, oh, and we have trouble on the racetrack. But no, man, Mike Bagley, bam, he swooped in there, interrupted Kelly Stavis, and just delivered the most beautiful and perfect call on Ryan Priest hitting the wall. He is a pro. NBC should just hire him full-time and use him every race. It really should. should. NBC should just broadcast full-time. And that's where we'll leave it. All right. Thanks so much for listening to Redhead Racing Radio. We'll be back next week with some more content, everybody. Goodbye.